The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm your pastor, Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20, Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon, a landmark in Caliph for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles in Ada Bilabam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Mahan Sr., in 1959, who continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Easter is not about bunnies or candies or the infamous Easter egg hunt. Easter is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has beaten death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because He is risen. And because He arose, we too have that same glorious promise. Our church choir in the direction of Emilia Han has chosen a very befitting song for our Easter telecast entitled, He is Alive, featuring a narration by Bobolin Eugenio. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Masuki on the piano, Iris Locke on the organ. 
Jesus was dead, he had been reviled and abused by cruel soldiers. This was followed by the distressing death marched through the city streets to Golgotha's hill. Finally, there was the actual execution by crucifixion. Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, received permission to bury Jesus. He had been a quiet follower of our Lord for some time, but now it was time to go public with his devotion. Laying the body in his own tomb, he placed a stone before the entrance. This burial was only temporary, for Joseph and some of the women of the town planned to return after the Sabbath to give Jesus a permanent burial. But when those women arrived at the tomb, they discovered how very temporary his burial was. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus was not there. He was alive. Can you imagine the walk to Calvary that Jesus had to become, to become the sacrificial lamb for the whole world? Soldiers bound his hands and spat on him. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head and cursed and mocked him, saying, Behold the King. The church band under my direction will now play this powerful song depicting what Jesus could have done to be delivered from all this torment and pain. He could have called 10,000 angels.
When you come home from work tired and drained, there is nothing better than a soothing hot shower. There's something in all of us that just longs to be refreshed and lifted. This next song draws a beautiful picture of a fountain that cleanseth our whole being. Our soloist, Pohaku Carter, will sing for us his heartwarming and compassionate song entitled, There Is a Fountain. Accompanying Pohaku will be Iris Lock on the piano, and trusty associate pastor, Evans Boat Sr., Mason Osano Sr. on the guitars. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty the dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day and there may I though vile as he washed all my sins
In Romans 3.23, it states, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's true that we have many shortcomings and hurdles to overcome, but through God's grace and mercy, we can all overcome our shortcomings. Our church choir once again will sing for you this uplifting song entitled, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Thank you. 
are blessed with a flute ensemble under the direction of Sally Spodkaff as they lift the name of Jesus to the highest in this encouraging medley entitled Look For Me and Oh The Blood of Jesus. Luke 18, 32 and 33, 
for he shall deliver, shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Then in the year, as our husband and wife Dewitt, Associate Pastor Timothy and Mrs. Emilia Hahn Sr., sings this heartwarming song entitled, Rise Again. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful and uplifting song to Mrs. Mariko White of Oahu, Hawaii. As you continue your walk with Jesus, may he pour forth bountiful blessings, pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday, Mariko.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Jose Jandok, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the country of the U.S. for a viewing audience. Especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, this telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and part of Nevada in Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on time on cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in home state Hawaii. Services are held daily, Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service starts at 10 a.m. and if I'm hearing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. on Fridays at 10 a.m. Our Community Branch Church, located at 1361 Polo Avenue. Services, services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighborhood branch churches. As services are conducted by Pastor Resident Vikasana Sinja in Kanakaka Molokai, Pastor Kenneth Elvera in Haina Maui, Pastor Walter Aitino in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Leonard Kiwara in Kolo Kauai, Pastor Henry Bessar in Boloko Pikawayan, Pastor Vesper in President of Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of your affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to voluntarily continue to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated in the conclusion of the telecast. And I would like to return the program back to Head Pastor Brennan Jr., who brings forth a spirit-directed and spirit-infighted sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. It is with great joy that I'm able to greet you on this wonderful and exciting Easter morning. It is with much anticipation we that have been truly born again await the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know of his birth, his teachings, the peace and comfort he has given to all that will believe. And we know too of the cross and Calvary. But more importantly, the empty tomb affirms our faith that he has risen from the dead and has led captivity captive. Yes, we have something great to rejoice about. Just imagine a wonderful morning like this on the first day of the week, on the outskirts of Jerusalem, 
Mary Magdalene was greeted by the angel of the Lord, which said unto her, He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Which brings me to the title of my sermon this morning, The Resurrection of the King. Jesus' tour on earth brought a breath of fresh air to a world of gloom. Being the Lamb of God, his self-sacrifice to eradicate sin and draw men unto himself expressed the pure love of God. He humbly took on the form of man so that mankind could be reconciled to God once again. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.19, with emphasis placed upon the oneness of the Lord, to be that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. In spite of our sinful nature, God is most merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and truthful. He made the ultimate sacrifice in order to bring back once again his creation, that is you and I, into his righteousness. Paul further writes in the 20th verse, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For every person who will let the Savior in, a new beginning is at hand. As the morning sun brings an awakening to a new day, won't you let Christ be that bright and morning star in your spiritual life and attain the peace, joy, and comfort which He alone can give? Through the word of faith, you too can find His righteousness and true holiness. By the power of His resurrection, you too can share in the promises set before us. Won't you let the Savior in? Let us turn to our Bibles and read in Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the, unrighteous, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. The Apostle Paul was willing to give up all of his earthly positions and his earnest desire to be knowledgeable of the things pertaining to a successful life, that he might, without interference, learn Christ. In all of his preachings, Paul emphasized that Jesus must be first in our lives. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon in his writings promotes the theme, above all, fear God. Yes, Jesus suffered on the rugged cross for our salvation, but we do not worship the cross nor the place where he was laid. However, the power of his resurrection is of the utmost importance to the believer. For thusly, we are given the assurance that this same resurrected Lord is coming back for his own. Have you ever asked yourself, just why did Jesus have to die? And who really condemned him that he should suffer such a terrible death? Such a thought-provoking question, when answered correctly, brings forth total commitment 
The simplest answer I can render to you today is found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was born to die for the sins of the people who lived during his time, as well as for those living today, and yes, even for those who will eventually be born into this world. You may ask, who then killed him? Well, it was people like you and I who were situated firmly in our beliefs and traditions and perhaps dwelling in an unbroken line of earthly success. They were such who did not believe in the doctrine and therefore had him crucified. Convicting? Surely the word of God is a piercing two-edged sword, which convicts us of sin, unbelief, apathy, backsliding, and all unrighteousness. Today, let the word of God and Jesus Christ have free course in your life. We have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We have even deliberately chosen to break his laws and therefore have put a barrier between us and God. However, his forgiveness and his mercy is everlasting. Christ's forgiveness extends far beyond our comprehension. However, it is clearly set before us, bringing life and immortality to our knowledge through the gospel of the kingdom of God. For further assurance, let us turn to 2 Timothy 1, 9-10 and read, Who had saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We were once lost in sin, but Jesus found us. Perhaps you wandered aimlessly through this life without hope, confused, and having no assurance or knowledge of a future life. But today, you can have Jesus. And as a disciple, Thomas replied, My Lord, my God. Indeed, to Thomas, it was an awesome sight to see the resurrected Lord, which caused him to repent of his doubt and to assert his faith. Similarly, thousands of people do attend church, but they are not sure if they have truly gained access to God. I wish to pose a question to you this morning. Are you sure that he is your Lord and Savior? And have you done what is needful for you to enter into the kingdom of God? Let us read in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but there is a solution, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. No man can save himself or keep his soul alive. Salvation is only possible through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, we read, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus spoke of the need for a new birth in his talk with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Even though this Pharisee was a deeply religious man, dedicated and obedient to the law of God, it was necessary for him to be born again into God's family. Man cannot bring about this new spiritual birth by his own efforts, any more than a baby can cause his own conception. 
Rebirth is something that God initiates and completes. A man becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. Apart from this spiritual rebirth, man remains outside of God's family. We find the answers in the scriptures as we turn to John 3, 3 to 4. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. These verses inform us of the necessity for water baptism. This then is what is meant as being born of water. One must go down into the water, be buried in it, and then come up out of the water. This affirms the scriptures as listed in Romans, the sixth chapter, that water baptism symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sprinkling or pouring water over a person is not baptism. Water baptism is and will continue to mean to dip, immerse, or plunge. What then does it mean to be born of the Spirit? This simply means receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue, and more specifically, a tongue which is not common to man. Let's refer back to the scriptures, as it was on the day of Pentecost, when God established His true and only church. Tongues are very evident today. We read in Acts 2:4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who is that Spirit? It is Jesus Himself. And the tongue is generated by God alone. It is the only evidence one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For those who believe it is an intoxicating, refreshing experience. Another question arises on this subject of salvation. By or in whose name must baptism be administered? The answer is definitely in the name of Jesus Christ. After all, the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. After all, does not Acts 4, 12 declare the Apostle Peter, while with Jesus on the coast of Caesarea Philippi, was being prepared to eventually reveal the keys to the kingdom of God. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell upon the 120 who tarried, proclaimed the method in which one's sins can be removed, thereby enabling him to become a part of the family of God. Let us read in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here, two wonderful promises are clearly stated. Our sins will be removed as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. And secondly, the gift of the Holy Ghost will enable us to be sealed until the day of redemption. You may ask, but I have been baptized as listed in Matthew 28, 19. Isn't that good enough? God tells us that we must fulfill all righteousness. There cannot be two baptisms in the Bible, and both leading converts to the kingdom. There is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The method of baptism, as previously stated in Acts 2.38, confirms Matthew 28.19 thus, 
The truth of the matter is until one recognizes the sovereignty of Jesus Christ and has been identified with his name in water baptism, one has not been saved. Therefore, the name of Jesus is very important. It is the name of God. Let us read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We pray that you will let this doctrine of Jesus Christ himself preach have free course in your life, that you might find the true blessings of the Lord. The Bible tells us only God can forgive sin. There is not one instance in the Bible where one of the apostles forgave the sins of anyone. However, it was through the word they preached, magnifying the name of Jesus, that sin was removed. What is an invigorating sense of assurance? This is along with the complete knowledge that he is risen. Let us turn to Colossians 1, 17 to 18. And he is before all things. I by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. It is vitally important to recognize the superiority of Christ. He, that is Jesus, was the firstborn of every creature and even of the dead. Yes, Jesus rose triumphantly from the grave and thereby made all things subject unto him, including death. Matthew declared in the 28th chapter and 18th verse, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Thus confirming the deity of Jesus Christ who was God in the flesh. Let's continue reading verses 19 and 20 of Colossians chapter 1. For he pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. God the Father declared that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And yet today in these closing time, perilous times, there still exists unbelief and no fear of God. The phraseology coming to the Christian realm, for example, born again, he is risen, or Jesus coming soon, has taken the backseat in many hearts. Men's hearts remain unchanged in spite of the stirring conviction cited in the word of God and in spite of the apparent destruction that is very evident at this moment across the face of the earth. Why will men not turn to the Lord? It is because of the hardness of the heart, which breeds unbelief. And if continued, will lead men to destruction. We as servants of righteousness must be in pursuit of righteousness and also willing to invite souls to Christ that they too might be saved. Even today, the hardness of the heart is obvious. People would rather turn their hearts to new age religions and to false doctrines which appease the heart and satisfy their affections and lust and to things which are tangible rather than turn to the Lord and worship in spirit and in truth. Nevertheless, amidst an age of falsehoods and false doctrines seducing spirits, God gave unto us a new thing and is turning the world upside down. Let us read in Acts 17, 6-7. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren to the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason had received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And we're able to say within ourselves that we have the faith of the apostles. That is the apostolic faith. Have you ever wondered what event motivated the disciples more than ever to believe upon him whom he had sent? Same faith is fueled by believing upon the living Christ who lives forever and who will soon return to rapture his saints and judge the world. 
Yes, the power of his resurrection should not be underestimated. Our salvation is secured by his death, and we are sure of the promise of eternal life through his resurrection. Let us turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 17. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are all found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. The fundamentals of the Christian belief is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world. Do you realize that sin is not just an act which can be resolved by the law, but that it is an inherited characteristic common to all men, past, present, and future, and that therefore purification should be the foremost thought upon your mind today? Let us continue reading verses 18 to 20. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. And now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Isn't it wonderful to know that whether we be alive or dead, we are the Lord's. As Christ fulfilled all righteousness, died for the sins of the whole world and rose again, leading captivity captive, we who believe are looking for that blessed hope which is the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how dark, aimless, and void our lives would be if the tomb where Jesus was laid remained silent and secured? Yes, much tears of despair, sorrow, and hopelessness would exist from the noblest to the most insignificant of souls. And yet the spirit of despair is existing in many who have not yet found the Lord. Let us read in Romans 8, 19-21. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. Man chose to sin and desired to be disobedient in spite of being aware of the known will of God. But God, who is rich in mercy and love, provided us with a ministry of reconciliation whereby mankind may once again enter into his presence, pure, spotless, and without sin. Oh, how wonderful it will be to be with the Lord forevermore. This is why Easter, the joy of that special morning, extends beyond Easter bunnies, bonnets, parades, colored eggs, and the infamous Easter egg hunt. Unfortunately, these things obscure a time of spiritual rejoicing, accompanied with praises and thanksgiving, which is the true meaning of this hallowed event. We as believers in the resurrected Lord must continue to proclaim the message of his coming and the reason for the empty tomb located on the skirts of the city of peace, Jerusalem. Yes, we have something great to look forward to. Let us read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus rose died, and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful and exciting Easter morning. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Last but not least, here is our church band once again to play the lively number entitled, Bought with a Price.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.